Hey friends, welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast, where we learn about the people, places, events, and flavors that make Johnson City a lovely place to live. It is a beautiful, a little bit chilly January morning here in Johnson City on the podcast. I'm here with one of my favorite people in the whole world. Um, he's one of the reasons that I'm here and can podcast with you guys and, and why I'm in Johnson City. So welcome to the podcast, my dad, Dr. David Johnson from the Quillen Conditioner College of Medicine, and um, I'm just hoping and looking forward to you guys getting to know my dad and um, learning about the um, the med school and all that has happened in the last 45 years. So um, yep. thanks for coming on the podcast, Dad. Good. Good to be here. Sorry about my DNA. You got a little of it. I got <laughs> just half. <laughs> I got the good half. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. you, actually, you get more than half. You get all your mitochondrial DNA from your mom. And that provides you all your energy. Oh, okay. The mitochondria make make the power, make the ATP that make your muscles move. Okay. Really? So, yeah. So, See, so that's why I'm a go-getter because yeah. mom's feisty. I right. Like oh, yeah. yeah. She's, so a, she's a workhorse. You're lucky in that regard. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I got some good mitochondria so, from you, too. So, but it's, it's not. No, you didn't get mitochondria <laughs> from me. <laughs> These are, this um, is why I didn't go into the chemistry world. That's right. So, uh, so it's not the Quillen Dishner College. It's of not medicine. anymore. That's right. It's, it's, just, it's Quillen. just Quillen College of Medicine, yes, sir. named after uh, James Quillen, the, the uh, congressman here, when, back when it was started. Yeah, okay. Jimmy Quillen, right? Jimmy Quillen. He was a long-term congressman in, uh, here, so he was good. Did lots of good stuff for Did us. A lot of good stuff for us, right? Yeah. Um, yeah so the College of Medicine uh, was founded through an act of Congress called the Teague Cranston Act. Okay. And uh, Teague was a Republican congressman from California. Okay. And Cranston was the Republican senator from California. And they came up with the idea of, of creating medical schools in association with VA hospitals to improve medical care for veterans. Cranston was on the committee, Senate Committee for v- Veterans. He was the head of that. Oh, cool. And uh, so they... They passed this act that would provide federal funds that would then have to be matched by state funds to start medical schools, and they started five. They started one at ETSU, one at Wright State University, Texas A&M, Marshall, and uh, South Carolina, Columbia. So oh, cool. Five, there are only five. They didn't start any in California. That is interesting. So these two guys from California started this, one Democrat, one Republican, and it was unanimous unanimously passed by both houses of Congress wow. and signed by Richard Nixon. Nice. President Richard Nixon so at the time. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Now, to get, the, get, it pa- get it accepted in Tennessee, the medical school had to be, in a, had to be on, uh, have the VA where it was associated would have to have land on which to build. And the VA in Memphis had given away its land oh. and only had a uh, city block building downtown. But they already had a med school, right? They had a med school down there. So they didn't okay. need one. They didn't they don't they didn't need one. Gotcha. We needed one up here because we did not have enough physicians in this area. And this is Appalachia. So Right. Um so there was a big fight for it. Knoxville wanted it, but they didn't have a VA with land either. Okay. And so this was a good place to put it. The problem was is that this end of the state was very Republican. The rest of the state was very democratic. Hmm. Right, but we had a uh, Republican governor at the time, Winfield Dunn. Uh, now the the bill for the thing, the the local people up here fought for it. 
where D.P. Culp, who was the president of ETSU uh, at the time, mm-hmm. Congressman James Quillen, State Senator Marshall Nave, State Representatives Palma Robinson, Bob, and Bob Good. You, you might be interested to know that um, Bob's daughter, Kathy Street, lived down the street from us. Oh, Kathy yeah. and Mike. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And her, her uh, daughter-in-law actually works at the College of Medicine now, so. That's cool. In in admissions, yeah. yeah. And Glenn, uh, Gwen Fleming, plus Dr. Charles Ed Allen, local physician, and many others in the community just fought for this for this medical school. That's cool. <coughs> and so, Dr. Allen. Uh, it eventually passed in 1974, but was vetoed by Governor Winfield Dunn. He was Republican now, right? And he vetoed it because he was also a dentist and had gone to UT Memphis and wanted to. He was afraid that. UT would lose out if we started another medical school. He must not so. have driven up here and realized that it's five hundred miles, miles away. away. Right? Yeah. He he had. I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. He probably hadn't okay. been up here. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, the Senate overrode the governor's veto by an eighteen to thirteen vote in March, uh, in March the sixth. The House needed only to follow suit to enact the law that would give a make a freestanding medical school at ETSU a reality. Representative Robinson, Palmer Robinson, and part of the new state of uh, New Boone's Creek Road is named for him and his wife, who followed him as a representative, hmm. uh, to collect. Uh, he needed to get at least 50 votes to uh, supersede Governor uh, Dunn's veto. On March the 12th, the state legislature overrode the governor's veto uh, by a vote of 51 to 37, with the decisive vote being cast by Speaker of the House, Ned McWhorter, Democrat. Right, he carefully watched all the votes as they were being tallied. They have an electronic system to do that, and when he had fifty, he locked it in, and then he cast the deciding vote, fifty-one, to push it push it through. Nice. And interestingly, the mayor of Memphis, where I was originally from, mm-hmm. Henry Loeb, was standing at the back of the uh, in the door of the of the house, glaring at McWhorter, and he had. Uh, declared that if McWhorter passed this, he was going to end his political career. Well, Loeb went on to be a tractor salesman in West Arkansas, <laughs> and McWhorter became a two-term governor. Yeah, right? and McWhorter was a really good governor. He uh, extended I-26 up to up to the uh, top of the mountain to yep. North Carolina state line at Sam's Gap before North Carolina. Several years before North Carolina mm-hmm. did their side on that. the other side, yeah. so he, he was a, he was a really good governor, of course. And so Quillen has now produced two thousand two hundred and seventy-seven MDs. Two thousand two hundred and seventy-seven MDs, yeah. and you have taught how many of those? All except maybe one or two transfers that transferred in. Okay, how awesome on the is thir- that? In the third after after the first year. Yeah, yeah. And McWhorter spoke at the graduation of the first class in uh, nineteen eighty-two. Back then, there were the first class was only twenty four. There were twenty two men and two women. And the last five years, we now have had a more women than men in medical schools. Yeah, you were telling me about this, and that's not only in the here, but it's nationwide. So it's uh, we're getting more women going to medical school, and part of that is that men are graduating from college. There are about one point four women graduating from college for every man. I was interviewing a young lady for medical school ye- yesterday, and she was telling me, "Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're, they're, they're most of her, a lot of her classes at UT and the sciences were all w- 
I had a majority of women. So what do you think's driving that? I don't know. That's what I'd like to figure out. We need men too. I mean, we we need mm-hmm. you need men and women in medicine. Good healthy ba- balance. Yeah, you right? need a balance, yeah. right? And the balance is not awful lot, but it's uh, it is some. So. And it's trending. Other, it's trending, trending, trending that, that way. way. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's um, yeah. And so you have watched the med school develop and grow. And now, how many students do you guys have? We take seventy nine a year now. And we just upped that a little bit, right? That well, was we were at 72 for several years. We we started out at 24, went to 36, 48, then 60, and then we then went to 72, and we, then we've gone to 79. So we, uh, we were able to increase it by 10% last year. So, How many of the um, graduates do you see? Um, I know a lot of them have to go in. You match and you go into residency mm-hmm. somewhere all over the country. And then how many of them are coming back? Because I, I know – Quite a few that have gone to school here, and they're and they're returning because right. they love the area. Oh yeah, yeah. My primary care physician uh, is a Quilling grad. My dermatologist is a tr- both. Well, I've had two derm- three di- three dermatologists that are all Quilling grads. Uh, you know, um, uh, and I've had my ophthalmologist is a Quilling grad. So yeah. So I've had a, had a number. You've gotten the benefits of them and their studies and yeah and i when i have a uh, opportunity i choose them yeah well and so to that point um we have a lot of people who call me and ask about you know hey we're thinking about retiring in the east tennessee area what is like the medical community like and so i say we have a great med school here we've got a va we've got a lot of physicians um, a lot of research happening it's a great place to retire, and pretty much anything you need, you can have a specialty uh, specialist for, right? Is that, yeah, it's I getting it's getting a lot better. When we first moved here, there uh, there were no pedi- all the pediatric practices were closed. Fortunately, we had some pediatric physicians in the College of Medicine that had just come when we did, and so you got your first exam on a. Uh, conference room table before they even had offices, <laughs> you know, because you had to have a uh, physical for, for school that year. So, ah, yeah, so, yeah. I was wondering, did for you drop ki- me? Kinder- hit my head on that. Yeah, for kindergarten or first grade, I forget which you started first. I think kindergarten that year was that Doctor Michael. Yeah, Doctor Michael. Doctor Mary Michael. Doctor Mary Michael. She was great. Um, so tell me, so you. I mean, I know, I'm just going to, all this is weird because <laughs> I ask all these same questions to a lot of the, the yeah. people that I interview, but I know you very well. So. Um, you you were born in Memphis, right? And then where did you go to school in Memphis? University of Memphis, which was Memphis State back then. Go yep. Tigers, go! Yeah. And then uh, I was born right around the end of graduation, I think, and uh, we went yep. to Georgia. Right, moved to Georgia, spent five years down there doing postdoctoral research, and then I also was on the research faculty for a few years, had my own grants, and then we moved up here in 1978. When the med school started. Just before the med school started, right. Nice. I mean, we moved in on the 4th of July, and I started teaching in August. Now, my grandfather, he wasn't a biochemist. He built fire engines for right. the city of Memphis and yep. the fire department there. Yep. How does, just looking back, how does a son of a fire engine builder, fireman, become a biochemist? Like, where does that interest come from? Do you know? I, I don't know entirely. Uh, my mother's side of the family uh more educated than my father's side. My father's side, I was one of 13 grandchildren of my, of my uh, dad's parents, and uh, only one other one 
uh, was college educated. He was a pharmacist. He had fought in World War II. He was younger. Um, well, he was about, I think, a little older than my dad, actually. But then he, you know, he worked to look. Worked as a pharmacist in Lexington, Tennessee, until he was ninety-two or something. Oh wow! Yeah. Is that Mr. Petty? No, that was. Uh, 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 I can't remember right now. But okay. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. And so you feel like maybe that and I, uh, floated the, down I, through the. On the other side, there were only three cousins. Uh, I had two. I had two cousins on the other side. Uh, there's only three of us, and uh, the family really supported education. I have uh, one. I had one cousin a year older than me, and he uh, died in an accident. Uh, but he was a school teacher okay. in a high school in Jackson, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And his brother, uh, George, uh, went on to be a physician and a neurologist, uh, stroke specialist at, at the Mayo Clinic. And George just retired. Had a nice conversation with him yesterday, actually. Oh, so, yeah. cool. I'm glad he's doing well. He has two children. Yeah, neat. So you feel like it may have... Floated down through your grandmother's mitochondria somewhere. Maybe (laughs) maybe so. (laughs) So you've watched Johnson City develop over the last 40, what are we at, 45, 44 years, something like that we've been here. Um, Tell me what you've been excited about watching um, happen in Johnson City over the last 40 years. Well, we've grown a lot. Uh, The roads have improved a lot. I mean, you can now get to – Used to be, uh, you and all the kids would throw up on the on the on the uh, snake of a road going up to Asheville. Uh, you know, I remember was, that. You know, it was uh, a windy trail. That windy, windy little road going up there. It was, you know, it was not good. So we now have nice interstates. Uh, we have, you know, it's a growing place. It's you know doing well. Uh, you know, it's just a great, beautiful place to live. I'm so happy that we moved here. Uh, of all the places we could have chosen, we we don't have hurricanes, we don't have tornadoes, we don't have uh, six feet of snow in the winter, and we don't have terribly hot summers, no. uh, and we have plenty of water, fresh water, mm-hmm. which is is a major resource that people just don't appreciate unless they live in Arizona. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel very blessed to have grown up here. Um, and I know there were times you had, you know, probably had job opportunities you could have left, but you chose not to. Yeah. And so tell me why some of the favorite things about our area that you love and why you wouldn't want to leave. Well, one of the things is we uh, joined a really good church. We joined Boone's Creek Christian Church, uh, which is the oldest Christian church in Tennessee, founded in 1825. And um, the, the, it's a small church, maybe about, 200 at the time we joined it years ago, and it's grown dramatically. We have about a thousand people attending weekly now. You started to, the guys sit on one side and the girls on the other. Is that right? That, I wasn't when I was there. No, oh, we, we okay. had we had moved. It wasn't that we, old. We, it's not not quite that old, but that used to be the way they had. They had two doors actually yeah. in front. Men went in one door and women went in the other door. See, I listen a little so, bit occasionally. Yeah, okay, that's good. Okay, <laughs> but uh, so that's changed a lot. But you know so. Uh, but it's been a it's good church. We do a lot of good things, um, so it's been a pleasure to be to work with those people. They've been very accepting us in, as their family. I mean, that's our we we had no family up here because mm-hmm. uh, it was you know Mif- uh, most of our families in Memphis, West Tennessee, and so it was good to have family here. Yeah, I think um, I have just great memories of Boone's Creek growing up there. Yeah. And, um, 
And I keep coming back to the people. I mean, it's the people yep. here that make our region oh, yeah. just an amazing place to live. Um, yeah. I feel like we truly follow the model of Jesus. You know, we love each other, take care of each other, sacrifice for each other, um, and just want to genuinely help people. And um, I think you feel that when you get here. I know all the people that I've helped move here, they're all like, this is just great. Um, oh, yeah. What are some other things you love about Johnson City? Um, well, it's, you know, the we live in Jonesboro, and, of course, Jonesboro has, you know, uh, a lot of storytelling, National Storytelling Center. I, l- I enjoy that. I've enjoyed that a number of times. Uh, they also have music on the square Friday nights in the summer, and that's just great. You know, and you take your lawn chair and sit out in front of the courthouse and listen to a band play, and they'll pass a hat, and you can put, you know, five or ten bucks in it, and, you know, great time. You know, yeah, you know. and it is a quintessential little downtown. It is just yeah. beautiful. They've yeah. done a great job yeah. Yeah. keeping it historic and just really, it's just a great place. So, yeah, come check out Jonesboro. Yeah, you, we, we just need more, we need more fine dining restaurants down there, though. We have, we're sort of short on fine dining good restaurants. We had one or two, and they left. So. Gotcha. I think there's one opening soon. Um, Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one close to us, I know, called Juniper, it looks like. They've been working on it for a while. It's um, where the uh, um, Pacific, oh, something Pacific was. Cafe Pacific. But we're, you know, close to the ridges. Um, you know, and that's that was built, you know, one of the guys, you know, is actually on the farm, one of the guys we went to church with, Bo Dyer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he was a nice guy. Yeah. yeah, and so that was part of his farm. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah the Ridges, um, now the Blackthorn Club, it's a local um, country club that has a great golf course and facilities there are fantastic, and that's where we love to play golf. So, um, yeah, come check that out too. So um, you and Mom like to hike a lot too, I think, right? And well, so we used to hike more, but we still walk a lot. <laughs> I try to I try to get you know at least five thousand steps a day. So uh, sometimes we get more. Well, you guys are staying young and spry. So th- is that yeah. the key? Is that what you got to keep moving? And you got to you know watch what you eat as well. So I mean, we try to do both of them. Yeah, I remember you used to run a lot when I was a kid. I, d- I did run until I wore out one of my hips. <laughs> but you got that resurfaced. You're good to go now. Yeah, yeah, I got 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 a big piece of metal in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about you when I was running the other day. I just yeah. Um, what what gave you that drive to say you know hey I want to take good care of myself. I want to you know because there are a lot of people that aren't physically active and our area is a fantastic place to do it. And so yeah, uh, well. Part of it was there were a number of people at uh, colleagues at ETSU that ran, okay, and we also had uh, the mini dome, mm-hmm. which had a nice track and has a nice mm-hmm. track inside, and we you could run in there in the winter, which was nice. Yes. So when it was really cold, and you, we used to have when we first moved here, uh, I did not have a snow shovel until I moved here, and I had to get a couple, <laughs> uh, you know, because I remember uh, operating one yeah, of those. Yeah, I was talking to one of my friends in Sunday school Sunday, and I was asking him uh, where he's from. He was up in upstate New York, and he said he, uh, he, you know, he put a snow shovel on his on the top of his car and drove south until somebody asked him what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I had a guy from Chicago come and he was like, um, I've got a snowblower. I mean, how many days a year am I going to have to use that thing? And I was like, if I were you, I would sell the snowblower because you get maybe. Sell it in Chicago. Yes, yeah. right. You get maybe a dusting here or there, but you're not going to get any money for it. Well, we used to get a lot. It was, you know, we, we used, I mean, I can remember, you can remember times and you built snow forts out 
Yeah, oh, man. Neighborhood, yeah. Yes. We would yeah. play for a week. I mean, it would be a week you'd have a snow that yeah. was, you know, ankle deep or knee deep for me at that yeah. point. But yeah. I was a little guy, so, yeah. When just sledding, yeah. and, I mean, it's a great, yeah, the winter time here was, it's it's not bad, but we have a, enough snow to make it look beautiful, remind you that, um, yeah, it's just a great place to live, and I love the snow. So we had some of that last week, actually, and there's still some remnants of it hanging out, which is odd because it's yeah. been pretty chilly this week. Yeah, we talked to some friends up in uh, Spruce Pine yesterday. They got 20 inches up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I think some more is coming tonight, too, maybe. Yeah. So, um, What do you see, like, in Johnson City's future over the next 5, 10, 20 years? What do you see happening for Johnson City? And then you can go over to the med school. And I know you're involved there in the in the VA. And what do you, what do you see happening? Well, I, th- I think that, you know, the, we have an excellent VA, and it serves our veterans really well, and that's one of the reasons we get people moved. I have friends that moved to Boone's, moved here from San Diego because they looked at the area and decided, you know, well, he was a veteran, he was a naval officer, and moved here. And we have other people, Air Force as well, at our church that have retired here because of the VA and the environment, and it's a nice place to live. You um, may be able to speak to this. Um, I heard that Greenville and Johnson City had the opportunity, or Johnson, maybe Greenville had the opportunity first. So Greenville's west of us, about 30 miles. Um, they could either get the VA, the Veterans Administration, or they could have the federal courthouse. Oh. They chose the federal courthouse, which opened up the VA for Johnson City. So Johnson City chose the VA, which, looking back now, 65, 75 years, or 100 at that point yep. probably, it was a – a really great decision for because then you got the university came in kind of conjunction. So, and I hear we have one of the largest landmass VAs in the country, which yeah, is it was cool. very large. I mean, they used to have their own farm and dairy and everything, and, and even had a jail. You know, for some of the guys when they didn't behave themselves. But it was uh, the VA was uh, one of the reasons they started it was right after uh, the, the Spanish American War and after the uh, Civil War. There were a number of veterans that needed to be cared for in different ways. They had a lot of amputees and things, and so they, they, a lot of them would live here. And I can remember when we, we first moved here, there were still a number of guys that lived here, and I remember one little guy would sit out on the bench and play his banjo in the, af- in the oh afternoon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it was a good place, and they took care of uh, Confederate, mainly for Northern veterans, But and this was a Northern-supported area, uh, but uh, the they took care of the Confederates as well because by the t- usually by the time they sent the paperwork to Washington and got any report back that they weren't a, weren't a veteran they they were either uh, well or passed on so yeah and it was called Mountain Home at that point right yeah Mountain Home and still has its own zip code and everything still has its own zip code and its own post office and that yeah. post office apparently that uh, the guy there that runs it tells me it makes makes money for the it's one of the few that making money. money. It's making money, yeah. That's great. Well, so, okay, so sorry I jumped in. What do you see right. for the med school um, in the future, you think? I think we'll continue to grow, uh, probably reach out. Uh, there was, uh, and whether we're, you know, we, we have uh, some of our students actually go actually go down to uh, Sevierville to uh, do a community experience down there. I think we'll see more of that. We'll see more. Uh, we have the rural track where we go to uh, st- our students spend one day a week in Rogersville or Mountain City, and that's a really good good program. Uh, that will expand. Uh, we'll, you know, 
and maybe more students won't spend as much time up there, but they'll spend some mm-hmm. getting to you know learn to, uh, what it's like to practice in a small rural town. Right. So. Yeah, I've got a friend who goes to Norton. They always have a little one small ER up there who yeah. he goes up there to work all the time, and and, and that was kind of the impetus of the whole deal is to go out into the rural communities and take care of our our citizens because we are we're we have some you know um kind of bigger cities like kingsport and bristol and johnson city but for the most part everybody's kind of spread out it's pretty yep. rural yep. um you know there's a million people around and they're only like seventy-five thousand in johnson city city limits so there are yep. a lot of people that live out in the county and country up in the hills and hollers and that kind of place and so yeah it's, they need medical care and i think that's great that you guys have that rural track or to go yeah, out. yeah, that was started by Grant uh, Kellogg Foundation years ago. Uh, Dr. Paul Stanton was instrumental in getting that to, to do that, and we had to change things around, uh, which was not easy to s- for some people because instead of teaching five days a week, we only teach four in the first two years. Uh, you know, the, the one day a week they're gone. I got gotcha. you. Okay, I see. Yeah, that would make it a little more challenging. You got to squeeze it in. Got to squeeze it. Had to squeeze some, squeeze it in some places. You know, so. and they have to study oh, extra yeah. hard on those four days <laughs> that they're in. Yeah, but um, it was it's it was good. And uh, so you know, not all of them go into rural medicine. Some of them become surgeons and other things. And so it's you know, you know, but you know, we need doctors and, and that are willing to go in small areas. And so we're number one in rural medicine, I think, and uh, we're very high up in primary care. We have a lot of people that stay in primary care yeah and i think that's one other thing that's cool is like i mean if you looked at the rankings of all the med schools across the country right i mean you guys continue to be well ranked over and over and over yeah we work at it because you know and the admissions committee looks carefully at the things and we're very (coughs) veteran friendly as well because we're at a va we and veterans can even if they're uh living in alaska they can they can claims t- Tennessee citizenship and not have to pay out of state tuition. So Oh wow. So, That's nice. Yeah. So they you know they when they come out of the military they can choose what state they live in. Okay. So you've interviewed you've taught 2200 students. Yeah. And interviewed probably ten thousand, right? And not, so, well, not quite, not quite, <laughs> but let's say five thousand. Yeah. So, what are some like just for people who are listening to the podcast who are like, maybe I'm thinking about med school, right? Like, okay. what are some things that they need to be thinking about considering? What are some questions that you're going to ask and say, hey, um, have you thought about this? And how do you kind of help them decipher whether med school is right for them? And at that point, they may have already have said, hey, I'm going no matter what. I'm just trying to get into one of your schools, but yeah. Yep. Well, they <coughs> they need, really need to start it back in almost junior high, taking science and courses and and, and loving science. They got to be <coughs> they got to be curious and want to learn stuff like that, uh, which is not true for everybody. Uh, and we, we need you know what makes the world go round is diversity, right? Uh, so uh, that and then they need in high school to you know do well, and then when they go to college, they need to take a uh, major in some, they don't need to major in all the sciences, but they need to take a take take the major sciences like organic chemistry, biochemistry, physiology, um, you know, basic chemistry, basic biology, all of that anatomy, stuff. That kind of thing. <laughs> some anatomy, some schools now have that as well. So, but they need to, uh, we look for volunteerism, uh, people that are interested in help, helping others. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the number of people were working things like RAM festivals, which is a rural, uh, rural access to medicine that's based in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, so they can they run those things. They do one out at the fairgrounds here and up in Wise, Virginia, and a lot of other places. Um, so they can uh, help help to give medical care to people that don't have health insurance. Gotcha. So, uh, and so you're kind of looking for a history of giving and being a, a care provider. and yeah. Right. Loving other people and showing it in some way. Right. So, okay. Not just and, about And you. try to gain some medical experience. They can uh, get experience like being an EMT, uh, being a uh, CNA, which is a uh, nurse assistant, mm-hmm. nursing assistant, and you know, people that are willing to get in the trenches and uh, do the hard work. Right. Yeah, the heavy lifting stuff. Yeah. Sure. What do you see for um, ETSU in the next 10, 20 years? Well, uh, we're we're one of the only schools that has a uh, college of public health and uh, medical school and pharmacy school. Uh, so we ha- you know we have a lot of uh, things going in that area, and I think that we'll we'll grow even more and it'll be be a really good uh, mix of uh, opportunities for people to come here and grow and serve the region so, and serve the state. Gotcha. So we need public health is a real for, important thing. We, as we've seen in the pandemic, we, you know, it's, uh, you need early uh, decisions on what's coming down the pipe and which, you know, what people might be infected with and how to treat it and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think tuitions continue to grow. I think when, when you got here, how many students did ETSU have? Uh, we had about we, st- we had almost as many as we do now about eleven twelve thousand. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it hasn't grown in huge numbers. I think. No. I was thinking it was kind of swelling some, but maybe it, not. It went up close. They were shooting for eighteen thousand, but I don't think we've made it yet. So we're, okay. You know, we, um, but we'll, I think we'll grow even more. Yeah. Do you see? Um, I mean, I, I know I went to college a little bit to grow up. <laughs> Uh, so my concern with um, the future and everybody streaming and online media or, you know, online teaching and that kind of thing, do you worry about the brick-and-mortar school um, buildings and kind of the physical institution in the future, or what do you see that way? That's an interesting thing is what will happen. Uh, they, you can learn a lot of stuff on the Internet. Yeah. And there are several companies now that make uh, essentially uh, programs that to teach medicine online. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you need the hands-on and you need the mentoring that goes with that to make it really successful, but a lot of the basic information can be learned online. And we we actually flipped our classes several years ago. Biochemistry used to be one of the least liked courses in medical school, in this school and any other school. Because we stand up and lecture about these crazy molecules like ATP and DNA and RNA and, uh, and all the protease inhibitors, the, that protease inhibitors and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what happened is is that we flipped it, and so we now record our lectures. I put all mine on YouTube, and they're unlisted, so only the students know where to look for them. Gotcha. But uh, the the so they can look at read listen to my video, and I've learned to break them up. Instead of having them 45, 50 minutes long, I break them up to less than 15 minutes. Right. Because TED Talks are less than 18 minutes. There you go. So uh, the uh, that works real well, and we give them notes as well. But one of the things we did is we went to team-based learning about four or five years ago. And in team-based learning, they have uh, a quiz every day. 
a 10-question quiz. They take individually. They don't see their score. They don't see their uh, what they, which ones they missed. Hmm. And then they take it again as a group of six or seven. And in that group of six or seven, they teach each other. And they will make 100 in the group. Almost every time. Almost every time in the group. I read something about that or heard something about that every, like, probably 15 years ago that there would be kids that would be reading it like a, say, they're in fourth grade and they're leading it at a second grade level, and then their kids are reading it like a sixth grade level. Right. When they put them all together, all the kids start reading at the sixth grade level when they're in fourth grade, you know, just right. because they, it raises the boat. Yeah, it's sort of, ha- that's the same sort of thing, and the kids that are, uh, they also, uh, the sort of magic happens in that group, and they they can bat, they can measure their ability and knowledge versus the other members of the group and they don't want to fall behind so they right. want to be they want to be a good contributor to the group good team player and so they will work a little harder to learn the things they need to learn we then and it counts very little i mean we our course has like you know 20 of these over 20 of these uh, daily quizzes and they only count 10% total anyhow of their grades. So, oh, wow. Uh, and so you average the group score and the, and the other score, so they can make a 50 and a 100, and they're 75. So, they're, you know, so uh, no problem. But uh, they, they learn. It's, it's an active learning process, not a passive learning. Passive learning is just standing up and lecturing, right. and that's deadly. Old model. Old model. Old model. And so we now have going to active learning and the whole curriculum is going that way next year and so with that it would, it would be hard to do that online without a brick and mortar where you're sitting with other classmates in a class and it'd be it'd pretty difficult right we did it really well by zoom this past year okay so you're grouping you, them up in zoom yeah because we we can bring the whole whole class in in their own screen and we watch them because they're there are four of us, and we can keep up with the, all the students of the class. And then uh, they all have to have their videos on. And then we uh, break them out into groups of six, and so they can go in. They can, Zoom automatically will break them out, and they go in to talk to their group, and then they come back with their answers. Gotcha. So when they, we talk about now in, in class time, actual together, we talk about clinical scenarios such as different diseases that have genetic defects and things like that that they need to learn and uh they, and then we ask them clicker que- what we call clicker questions which are audience response things that they can that the group does and so they do that as a group and then they come back together and each individual group will talk about why they chose different answers and we try to make the questions very the answers very close so that they'll have a discussion and that's, that's cool. where the learning happens is they they see how other people think about mm-hmm, it and mm-hmm. use the same information they're using. Yeah, that's cool. So you feel like we're, we're going to continue to grow. ETSU is going to continue to do well do and grow. And um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it going down. I mean, our area continues to grow, so they're going to they're just going to continue to bring more and more people here, and hopefully our college will grow, and maybe they'll bring extra good basketball players and football players for our <laughs> football team and basketball team at ETSU. Yeah, basketball's having a little trouble this year, but they'll get, they'll get better. You know, it's – Football yeah. was great last year. They, you know, won the you know, conference Southern Champions Conference, yeah. They, they were awesome. And so, so basketball, you know, we're a rebuilding year. And it's a rebuilding year. Yeah, yeah. Desmond so. Oliver's doing a, yeah. he's doing a good He'll job. He'll do good. He's, yeah. he's a good coach. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's something you wish you'd known in when you began your career um, for somebody who's thinking about, hey, I'd like to be a professor? 
um, one day? What would you tell that person? Oh my goodness, that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> you know, I yeah, I, uh, curiosity. I love to learn, and that's uh, one of the one of the reasons I'm still doing this at my age. <laughs> uh, I'm 77 now, but you know, I just keep. You know, I keep loving to learn, and I love the students, and uh, it's fun to interact with them. Um, well, and they, interac- they love interacting with you because I've talked to a, a bunch of them, and I'm yeah, always yeah. just super proud yeah. to say you're my dad, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's the best. He, we enjoyed him the most out of our kitchen. So <laughs> one of the doing thing, a good job. One of the things I did with them, uh, especially on Zoom, was I'd give them uh, – when, when I wasn't in charge of the class, per se, we had four of us that were in charge of it at different times, and – when I wasn't in charge, I would send them a quote for the day. Some, some encourage, I get some of those. Some encouraging quotes, mm-hmm. and, and so it's good, you know. I mean, you know, and I keep I have quotes on my emails too. Yep. I mean, you know, uh, I think the one right now I have is Dolly Parton quote. It says, "You, it's hard hard to be a diamond in a rhinestone world." <laughs> <laughs> I heard another one, and she said, it, "It costs a lot to lick this cheap." <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so what do you see as something that um, we as husbands and, and fathers can do to be better leaders in, in America? What do, you, what do you see? Well, I think it's um, important to uh, for, for fathers to love their wives mm-hmm. I th- and the mothers of their children, and it's important for mothers to and wives to respect their husbands. Mm-hmm. Men won't respect, women won't love. Yep. And so... Uh, you need to find that. Find a good church. Find, mm-hmm. find uh, get involved in the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, be a PTA president. Be mm-hmm. a PTA. Be there at the band supporter. Be there for the this and that and all sorts of stuff that they need people involved in. And be involved in your school, children's school. And uh, your children will do better in school if they know you really care. Right. And you don't have to. You don't have to be a genius uh, to do that. You can just show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see a lot of that. Um, yeah, and you guys did a great job modeling that for us. Thank you. Um, so how can um, some of our – how can our listeners connect with you if they wanted to reach out to you and for more information on the med school? Or, um, oh, okay. Uh, well, my, ET, my email address is very simple, davidj at etsu.edu. That is pretty easy. And my uh, – you can get me on uh, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel that's open to the public as well as the one I do for the med students. And I have about 1,900 subscribers to that. Nice. Uh, so um, you can uh, go to YouTube and search for David Johnson, Ph.D., and, or you can search one of the – you can find one of my videos has got over, I think, fi- over 50,000 views is uh, the Alpha Helix and Beta Sheet. Uh, so uh, – Pro- protein stru- basic protein structures. Which I have seen is really a neat <laughs> model, and I don't understand it all, but it's really cool. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, if you're studying if you're studying biochemistry, that's right. you need to know it. That's right. Okay. That's right. So it's, um, well, I didn't know I had a YouTube um, influencer in front of me, so that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Christian, yeah. He, <laughs> he used to be like, I want to be a YouTube star someday, and I'm like, okay. So well, you can do that. You can do that. You, you just got to keep putting out content. Lots and uh, lots yeah, of content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a church communion meditation I did several years ago about the molecules of life and how um, they're very simple. Mm-hmm. God created all life just using four uh, base codes of DNA, A, mm-hmm. T, G, and C, and only 20 amino acids. 
plants. Our, all life has all those things, all the plants, all the animals, everything, all the insects, all viruses, bacteria. It's all made up by those four. All the, all the same things. And uh, so God's very simple. And um, it was man that, man that makes things too complicated in life. I mean, we, we try to make things, too, you know, Moses, God gave Moses ten commandments, and man then made hundreds and hundreds of laws, and then Jesus came and gave us only two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. Yeah, so, and go uh, make disciples. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll get you fired up, Dad. Uh, continue to learn and, you know. Uh, just you learning know, every day. Just, yeah, just learning and enjoying life. I'm, we're very, very blessed to have moved here and have good friends and uh, so, you know. I don't get as fired up as you do, but <laughs> <laughs> you get fired up probably a Friday and every day. I'm, I'm pretty fired <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. It was cold, and so oh, okay. I was headed to the gym, and I got fired up there, so that was good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things we, you know, uh, your mother and I do is support uh, Family Promise, which works with homeless mm -hmm. people to house them in our church. We were housing them in our churches, but now we're still, we're, they're, they're housing them in hotels, I think, but still taking care of them and working with them to get them out of uh, homelessness. Mm -hmm. uh, they, th these are families with uh, uh, fathers with children, mothers with children. They have to have children in that program. Uh, the other thing is the one acre cafe. Your mother mm -hmm. serves there every Tuesday yep. or most Tuesdays. And so, you know, that, that feeds the homeless as well. It gives them a place to go earn a meal. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think it's great. I think so. you have done a great job modeling, giving your life away, serving, being a, um, just a great Christian man. And thank you for that being a great role model. And Not much, yeah. thanks for being yeah. my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thanks for spending some time with us today. Yeah, Anything yeah. else you'd like to pass on before we wrap well, it up? I like favorite quotes. I told you I gave quotes to people. You do. And, yes, sir. And one of my favorites is, it was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes man as angels, St. Augustine. And the other one is, judging others makes us blind, whereas love is illuminating. Mm. By judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and deny them the grace that we all are entitled to, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So. Yeah, I love Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer's quite good. He was, I don't know if your listeners know, but he was a German theologian and was imprisoned by Hitler uh, during most of World War II and then executed just a couple of weeks before the end of the war. So, uh, you know, s sad thing. So. Yeah. But he was a good, good man. He And, and he opposed the politicization of the church which mm -hmm. was the nazis were trying to do that trying to make the church a political instrument of their mm -hmm. own and he opposed that yeah. and we, we need to keep politics out of out of our churches so yes i'll say yeah keep the politicians out of well bring them into the church so that we get to they surround to, them and love them that's fine i mean yeah. I, you know what we you know we don't you know it's you know it, as as our minister quite often says jesus did not come the Democrats are the Republicans or the Independents. Us. They came for us all. That's right. We all right, yeah. we all need Jesus. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today and our listeners. I really just enjoyed hanging out with you. I'm glad that we've got this recorded forever. I can look back on it and learn about the med school. And um, if you've got any questions um, you'd like to ask my dad, you can reach out to him or me, and we can definitely get you in touch with him. And um, 
Yeah, thanks for listening. Till next time, I'm Colin Johnson with the Colin and Carly Group and Keller Williams Realty. If you want to sell your home or make a move to Johnson City or come to med school here, just give me a buzz. Um, we would love to connect with you and help you however we can. Thanks and have a great day. Good job, Dan.